2. The Role of Surrendering Chapter 6. He Has My Yes It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. A life fully surrendered to Jesus Christ is a life positioned fully in Jesus Christ. Surrendering everything to Jesus is not an eternal question about heaven or hell. Surrendering your life to Jesus is about how much heaven or hell you will experience on this side of things throughout your life. Heaven by Jesus' definition is not limited to a worldly definition of prosperity. Heaven is where the characteristics of God are acknowledged and manifested. Peace, joy, love, kindness, forgiveness, reconciliation, and redemption through a relationship that is both anchored in Jesus Christ and is ushered through the Holy Spirit. This is why Jesus says the prayer of his followers is for heaven to come to earth. Jesus isn't a liar. He isn't trying to trick his followers. He is revealing God's divine will and desire for this world. He is not only revealing the will of God, but the way in which God desires to have these things happen. That is through you and me by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Surrendering everything over to Jesus is therefore positioning yourself in alignment with God's divine will, regardless of how he calls you to participate in it. Remember, when you surrender, you are surrendering your own desires, which includes the way in which you participate in his divine plan. Right before Jesus is about to leave this world and go to his rightful place on the throne in heaven, he has a conversation with Peter about the way he would participate in God's divine plan. This specific story has completely humbled me and has probably taught me the most in respect to what the role of surrendering everything over to Jesus means to me. The story is a bit long and requires following Peter's entire story to understand the full grasp of the moment in Peter's life. However, I'm going to do my best to bring us up to speed to this climactic moment in Peter's life. Peter is an interesting disciple of Jesus to say the least. He is someone I admire in the Gospels. He really loves Jesus, but he has some clear, quote-unquote, teaching moments with Jesus throughout his time as a follower. This is one of his last teaching moments before Jesus goes to his throne. Essentially, this story starts before Jesus is killed during his last supper with his disciples. During Jesus' conversation with his disciples at the table, he has a moment with Peter where Peter recommits his loyalty to Jesus, even vowing to die with him. Jesus responds to Peter's commitment and lets him know that he would not only break this vow, but even deny the fact that he even knew Jesus three times within the next 24 hours. Peter is crushed when he hears this, and unfortunately Peter does in fact deny Jesus three times before the rooster crows. The aftermath of these series of events completely crushes Peter's body, mind, and soul. I'm sure you have had a friend or even personally interacted with someone who was once on fire for something or someone, but then had everything come crashing down. The aftermath of this event in Peter's life would have left him completely devastated and even embarrassed among the other disciples. After Jesus is crucified and buried, Peter decides to go fishing with the disciples. Peter was a professional fisherman and yet they were unable to catch any fish that day. What a depressing situation. After all this time of following Jesus, to have your last conversation with him to be a bummer, to then watch him be completely tortured, mocked, and killed 
only to return to the thing you knew best before following him. And now, not even doing that successfully must have been devastating. It is at this moment that a mysterious man instructs Peter and the disciples to try fishing on the other side of the boat. They listened, and like the very first encounter Peter ever had with Jesus, they catch more fish than they know what to do with. One of the disciples immediately looks at Peter and says, I think that's Jesus. Without hesitation, Peter puts on his garment and jumps out of the boat towards Jesus. I love this moment because the desperation this man had to feel with meeting Jesus despite knowing he messed up is something I can relate to. There have been so many times I have messed up in my life and I feel as though I have gone too far this time, that there is no way Jesus would ever be able to be with me again, yet alone speak to me. Yet Jesus is so merciful, he calls out my name and he welcomes me home. This fishing encounter leads into Jesus and Peter having a conversation that is truly redemptive and restorative, yet challenging and convicting. The conversation begins with a question that will be asked three times by Jesus, which highlights three different aspects of Peter's heart behind the denial. The question is, Peter, do you love me? Peter responds to Jesus in the same way each time. You know I love you. After each response, Jesus says a statement that reflects the calling that God has over Peter's life. The three statements are, feed my lamb, shepherd my sheep, and feed my sheep. After this dialogue, Jesus then describes in great detail how Peter was going to die. Immediately following his describing the death, Jesus says this simple yet profound invitation, follow me. Peter's immediate response to Jesus was looking to the disciple beside him and asking, what about him? Jesus then responds by saying, If I want him to remain until I return, what is that to you? You follow me. This marks the end of this conversation. In this conversation, we see Jesus inviting Peter back into God's divine plan for his life. Peter was ashamed and embarrassed about his disobedience and denial of Jesus. Jesus reassures Peter he has been forgiven and loved, and he will indeed be the one who is called to be an apostle of the church. As we surrender our lives to Jesus and do our best to follow his ways, we may have had our own denial moment, but Jesus shows us through this conversation when we choose to admit our faults to him and recommit our love to him, he is faithful to forgive us and reconcile us to the plans which God has for us. As mentioned in the beginning of this chapter, surrendering everything includes a way in which we participate in God's divine plan. Peter was called to be an apostle over the early church. This was a great responsibility, and with great responsibility comes great power. Yet the power Peter ultimately had did not rest in his own ability, but completely rested on the weight of his yes towards Jesus. Despite Peter's strong yes, he still struggled with the ultimate destination of where his yes would lead him. Jesus doesn't disregard what he says. He instead redirects it towards himself. I don't know what will happen or what has happened in your life when you surrendered everything over to Jesus. I don't know the places you'll go, the people you'll meet, or even the perceived results of the things you find yourself participating in. What I do know, regardless of if you're in the beginning stages of your surrender or what seems to be the aftermath, Jesus is still asking you for one thing, your yes.
On a personal note, one of the greatest challenges I have faced with trying to follow Jesus' direction after I have surrendered everything over to Him was the realization of what it was going to cost me to be all in. Please remember, this is not a question about going to heaven or hell. It is not about perfect obedience. It is about a consistent yes regardless of season, situation, circumstance, thoughts, feelings, and even what you think is beyond possible. Everyone has a cross to bear. I am not here to tell you what yours is, as that is between you and your relationship with God through the Spirit. But what I know is after we are sealed and assured in His love and we surrender everything over to Him, He will reveal our cross, and that cross is something only you can bear. It is not for a stranger, friend, family member, or even spouse to carry. You don't have to walk with your cross alone, but you alone are the one who is to carry it. At times in my life, and I'm sure in yours, you have had to carry it with no other earthly being by your side. Even that day, Jesus is asking you for one thing, your yes. No one will truly understand the weight of the cross you are meant to bear except for the one who has carried the heaviest cross there has ever been or will ever be to bear. Jesus is the ultimate cross-bearer. However, ours is the long-suffering, perseverant, steadfast, the finishing strong, the sharing in Christ's suffering that is talked about all over the New Testament. It is something that many Christians read about, but very few truly experience. I was in a small group this past week, and we were talking about prayer. The question asked was, how would you describe God's answers to your prayers? My response to the question was as follows. If God ultimately desires my heart and for me to trust him, then his answers are amazing. But if I were only to look at his answers through an earthly perspective completely removed from the truth of scripture, I would say it has been disappointing. When I pray to know him more, it often feels like he distanced himself. And when I pray for him to lead, it often is in places I don't want to go. Regardless of this, he has my yes, and it's because of that fact I refuse to say no to whatever he brings my way. Although this may not be the easier route to take, nor is it the one that I'm perfect in taking, when push comes to shove, you will find me jumping out of the boat at the chance of it possibly being Jesus who is calling my name. He has my yes. Does he have yours? The cross of Jesus Christ ultimately led him to redeeming and reconciling all of humanity to the Father of all things. The cross you are meant to bear will not bring this result, but it will always point to the truth and the power of it. There is not a cross to bear that will not ultimately lead us to bringing glory to our Father and bringing forth restoration in our own lives and the life that Jesus has entrusted us with. Let us give Jesus our yes for today and tomorrow and forevermore.